रोशनी का करवा Welcome to Iway Conversations. My name is George Abraham, and today my guest is Dr. Meghna Verma, who began life as an ophthalmologist, but today is a mental health professional. Welcome, Meghna. And my first question to you is: uh, How come the switch from being an ophthalmologist to a mental health professional? so uh thank you george thank you for having me here and also thank you for helping me make this transition so you were in, uh, very instrumental in helping me make this transition i uh i was working as an ophthalmologist and in one of the premier institutes of this country and uh suffering with a a degenerative eye condition retinitis pigmentosa i suffer from retinitis pigmentosa i always had this knowledge that my vision is gradually deteriorating and there would be a day when i would have to quit ophthalmology completely right uh, when my employers came to know uh, about this about my eye condition which i disclosed myself yes. to them Yes. and that time i was in clinical practice so i was doing my uh, surgeries i was doing my opd and uh, when my eye condition was detected i disclosed it to my to them myself i think uh, they themselves uh, did not know how to uh, react to it or where to put me the right. they, they, probably i might be the only unique case they have ever come across me being an ophthalmologist and suffering from an eye disease right so uh so they they figured out that uh, a one way to retain me would be to put me in a non clinical side so they had put me in the administrative side of the hospital yes which was fine and to to um, uh, to their credit they encouraged me to do an mba also so i did an mba from isb and yeah. went back to the hospital to take up an administrative role but i really used to miss the clinical side because clinical side really involves a lot of you know dealing with patients seeing people interacting with them and that was the skill that i had worked for for the last 10 12 years of my life so uh, switching to an administrative side was somehow it was very dissatisfying and i was looking out to do something clinical yes um when i uh, when i put forward my request to to my employers uh, that okay maybe not really clinical role maybe a paraclinical or a research role would be good for me i would be more satisfied in a research role but uh, somehow it, it 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 didn't go down well or they didn't pay attention to it or whatever for for like 2 3 years i just kept on waiting for that to happen but so so basically so basically you wanted to do something which was still linked with the eye and the people absolutely because i had worked in this field for uh, for almost 10 years by then 
right and it was dear to me it was not that uh, i didn't enjoy my uh, enjoy my profession i completely enjoyed the scientific and the clinical side of it so i was really missing it and i figured out that research might be a good way to have a connection with my ophthalmology whatever i have read uh, like 6 uh, years of mbbs 3 years of ms and one year of fellowship which means 10 years to become a specialist and then after that i was in practice for 3 years so by the way where did you do your medicine and uh, your specialization in uh, ms in opt- ophthalmology from uh, so i am from mumbai i'm basically from mumbai and my mbbs was from km hospital in mumbai and yeah. uh, ms was from jj hospital in mumbai right and uh, fellowship was in cornea which is a super specialty and it was from lb prasad in in hyderabad hyderabad okay yes so uh, but then um, when i could not find a uh, an avenue or a sympathetic or rather i should say an empathetic employer like yeah. who would still find value in my uh, in all the education that i had and uh, probably give me a role which which fit me which i thought would fit me better so uh, i i was kind of trying to uh, approach a lot of people and uh, try to put forward my case in fact uh, whenever i would approach people also uh, a lot of people would advise me uh, not to make it apparent on the cv itself or tell the would be employers about my eye condition uh, but i i used to be uh, I, i used to think that no there is no point in hiding it and over a period of time because i would get this advice from everybody around me from friends and relatives yes. over a period of time it slowly somehow subconsciously i was kind of ashamed of it yeah in so, fact uh, it's human tendency to hide weaknesses isn't it yes and it is it was uh, though unintentional uh, everybody my my bosses my uh, colleagues my friends everybody would try to kind of maybe in in a uh, in a good with good intention itself but they would try and advise me not to not to make it evident to people that yeah. i have this and little do they realize that um, you know uh, if they discover it could be quite a quite quite a disaster isn't it absolutely so um, and over a period of time i started becoming very ashamed of it so uh, and like i would all i would actually think of it as a weakness like you know i am a lesser person probably like right. a lesser human being yeah. or something a lesser doctor a lesser everything I think this was uh, around the time that we bumped into each other. Absolutely. So, uh, I think when I met you, I uh, I spoke to you like the entire day, but I had not told you that I have a condition myself. Right. That I have. Uh, so I I can still see even today. I have partial vision. Right. But it is uh it it's not. good enough for me to be independent like at least to move around independently mobility Def- definitely not good enough to cut somebody's eye and remove the cornea definitely uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> definitely okay. not right yeah so uh, so then when we uh, bumped into each other i i and the first thing that that really struck me was uh, that 
you were so independent like you hailed your own taxi you came uh, came to the hospital all alone and then i asked you uh, is there anybody with you i think then you said no i travel all over the world alone <laughs> and i was like wow <laughs> that's something and then i thought that i should tell you and then i told you about this and then uh, yeah, i remember I, that I, card ride from the hospital to yes. your house yes i remember yes. that yeah yes. so then i then i told you that uh, you know i i feel uh, that that i should still continue in some way as a doctor and uh, to otherwise the uh, all those years of study i don't feel i am i am justifying it that's right yeah uh, in my current role and i feel highly dissatisfied and all that and then you told me examples of these doctors who lost their vision while they were in service and they still continued to be doctors right so uh, so you gave me those examples and then suddenly it was like i had never thought of it like it it's possible to do that till yeah. then everybody around me be it my employer be it my own uh, parents and uh, or my husband and family basically they it was just something that we all assumed that it is not possible to continue as a doctor since my vision is uh, is dropping right so when you told me that information it was suddenly like A, a new option, a new choice opened to me, and uh, and then start and then I started slowly, you know, kind of, um, kind of harboring that uh, possibility and that dream in in me somewhere. Then uh, then you put me in touch with uh, uh, with another doctor friend of uh, ours. Uh, You're talking uh, about. Philip. the doctor yes. in bangalore the psychiatrist yes, yes. Right, the right. psychiatrist and uh, and i thought that like it was so amazing and inspiring to talk to him uh that in spite of his low vision he is fully functional clinically That's he right. does everything That's which right. which a sighted person does yeah and then uh, to me it was like uh i mean if he can do it why not me yeah it is it is a little late in my life probably to make a change or whatever but then i i was so driven by that dream and that possibility that i i finally approached him i spoke to him he was very encouraging he in fact found an opportunity and a course for me in cmc vellore right which i could do and then i enrolled into the course the the teachers and the staff in cmc vellore were extremely supportive you went they to vellore still supportive yes you went, you went, went to, to vellore okay yes i went to vellore for uh, 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 for the uh, program yes uh, it was over a period of one year right and the staff and the teachers there were so supportive they are still supportive in fact like even today if i have a difficult case i reach out to them and they respond right immediately right. Uh, so i mean it was such a uh, humbling experience like that was an area where i was not made to feel like a like a lesser doctor or a lesser human being ever right and uh, and then it i suddenly thought that probably it was my calling for 
perspective uh, and um, people who uh, who uh, go through uh, any chronic disease not yes. just blindness um, any chronic disease there are a lot of mental issues involved there is a lot of depression and anxiety involved yes uh, with any disease and i thought probably it's my calling because i have gone through that myself right. maybe i could i could do a little bit to kind of treat and elevate the uh, the kind of mental turmoil anybody with with a disease or chronic pain suffers from right so and i think that is my calling and that is my passion today so that is how the the transition. shift from the transition from uh, from ophthalmology to mental health happened and so um, uh, once you qualified to be a mental health professional did you work with somebody else to kind of gain some kind of hands on experience so you yes. started your own setup uh so i i worked for after completing the course i completed the course in 2019 right after that for uh, around 6 months uh, i worked with a with a doctor here in hyderabad yes and uh, again uh, the psychiatrist in bangalore nimhans uh, our friend he was so kind that he arranged for uh, for a visit to nimhans so yes. that i could go and and uh, learn at the again the premier premier institute for mental health in this country right unfortunately it was it was scheduled for march april uh-huh. and uh, 2020 uh, and that is when covid happened but i am really hopeful that once the situation is better i would go to nimhans that's another dream of mine right. that i would be able to go to nimhans and probably do an observership with the best of the psychiatrists in this country so uh, but you still have a kind of a, 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 a psychiatric practice or a mental health yes, practice yes, going on right yes, now in yes, hyderabad yes absolutely absolutely so i have started uh, started i have started a psychiatry practice here in um, in a hospital in hyderabad yeah. and i am getting very good response and reviews and again maybe because i feel that i i i feel that maybe it was my calling that is why i feel that and it's almost like a new chance to me so i really want to do it justice to the to the chance that uh, that has been given to me again to get into clinical practice so i i'm really passionate about it and i uh, really want to do it justice to my patients who come to me and uh, yeah i mean it's covid times and uh, there is a lot of uh, mental health issues happening around so probably oh. it's the need of the rt yeah i believe so because covid uh, covid is going to throw up a lot of mental health issues a lot yes. of people into depression people have lost their jobs people have been yes. uh, you know have to seriously change the course of their lives so yes. i think uh, i think professionals like you would be much in demand yes and that is the uh, that was the vision of cmc vellore actually so they are training uh, doctors mbbs doctors to become mental health professionals because they feel that the need of psychiatrists is so high in this country there are very few psychiatrists in the country and the ones who get trained well like from aims nimhans and cmc vellore most of them go out of the country because they get better paid in in uh, us or australia or canada 
they leave the country the few who stay back in in india are so overloaded with work they are probably not able to do justice like if you're seeing like 100 patients a day you're not able to do justice to all of them so the idea and the vision of cmc vellore is to have more mental health professionals more mbbs doctors trained in psychiatry who can who can do justice to the amount of mental health load this country has so in fact this is not think, uh, yeah this is not really true of only mental health mental health probably is more acute but yeah. i think generally speaking i think uh, we have fewer doctors than are needed we need we need many more absolutely. actually yeah absolutely so and the talk- covid situation has made it uh, more Much evident more. than ever absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. i have you know retinitis pigmentosa is often seen as a genetic disorder do you have people yes. in your family who've got uh, 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 retinitis pigmentosa uh no absolutely not so um, i mean uh, not just not just this generation but i think at least three four generations before also we uh, we don't have anybody in the family who has uh, who has had retinitis pigmentosa and probably that is why when it was detected almost uh, 12 years back it was it was a shock to me i was an ophthalmologist myself and it was just by chance and i had 66 vision in both eyes i was doing uh, surgeries i was doing my opd practice and it was just by chance that it was picked up and probably it was picked up because i was in the clinic myself right so uh, otherwise it would not have been picked up till till much later and when it was picked up it was uh, it was such a shock to me that i i didn't know what hit me kind of right. you know yeah yeah i can imagine yeah <laughs> and then from there on everything in my life every decision that i would make would just have this color of of retinitis pigmentosa over it this filter with which i started viewing life career marriage wanting to have kid what what if the kid also has it yeah it's you know, things like that so every decision in my life would be about what if yeah i just wanted to check here uh, megna that uh, you know you obviously uh, was diagnosed with retinitis pigment pigmentosa once you were married yes uh, and i believe you also are married to a doctor yes and um, you you stay with your uh, in-laws and so on right uh, uh, not in the same house but yeah close by close yeah. by so yeah. um, how did this affect the family dynamics and how did the people in the family kind of respond to you and uh, and and, uh, and and how did you deal with it so i still feel that uh, till date probably uh, my family just does not know how to deal with it like they don't know how to respond to it right. uh, there are times when they are overprotective <clears throat> like no you cannot travel alone you should not travel alone um to there are times when they are just probably they they don't understand that i would probably need some things or uh, like in in uh, for example if they make plans to go out uh, like some trekking or uh, some expedition outside yeah. it is kind of assumed that i'll not be taken along ah okay like yeah yeah so it's like kind of assumed ki fine i mean since you have a disability it's fine you stay home 
So, how about, um, how about your husband? Meaning, what, what's, what's his, uh, his response to all it's, this? It's, uh, it's the same. It's the same. Okay. So, okay. Uh, from it, it keeps on, uh, you know, oscillating between uh, being overprotective to being uh, not understanding. So, uh, also when my son was born, uh, he's six years now. Yeah. So when he was born initially, like my mother, my own mother would not let me give him a bath. Oh, okay. She would be like, oh, uh, what if, you know, you drop him or you drown <laughs> him or <laughs> he slips from your grip or whatever. Right. So, uh, I think good intentions, but somewhere it was... You know, for every small thing, I had to kind of prove myself. Yeah. He, I, I can travel alone. And I did start traveling alone. Uh, I can give a bath to my own son. Yeah. <laughs> I can feed him. I can, I can sit with him and I can, you know, get his homework done and studies done. So for everything, uh, my family would kind of assume that I'm incapable of doing it. So from, it would start from there. And then I have to prove it's that you know i can go out with you guys on an on a trek expedition to everything it it, it starts from there so right. i feel that a lot of uh, disappointment and disillusionment also happens because of that that uh, that probably the assumption again like i told you yeah, a, yeah. A, a weakness a, yeah. a lesser a, a less capable person kind of these things automatically crop up uh, even for that matter when I made the transition to psychiatry I was I was discouraged I was said uh, that um, uh, like is it even allowed and then I told them that uh, yes 60% is the is the disability criteria and I fit into that yeah. So it's not as if uh, you have a visual disability, you cannot be a doctor at all. Yeah. There are criteria, and I fit into those criteria, and I can very well go ahead. And there is somebody who has a visual disability and who is working in the Apex Institute of this country. He's very well accepted and he's doing extremely well. If that example would not have been there in front of them, I'm sure I would not have been encouraged to, to make the transition at all. Uh, another question which uh, comes from what you just said, uh, you, 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 uh, you have transitioned from being an ophthalmologist to being a psychiatrist yes. or a mental health yes. professional through your education, new your fresh courses that you did, the training yes. that you undertook in Bellower and so on. But uh, to operate as a visually impaired person, did you have to pick up any additional skills? Uh, yes, so um, I, uh, I still have to pick up a lot of skills. Uh, I know uh, you also keep on encouraging me to do that. Uh, but yes, uh, the, the major transition that I have made is that now I rely more on voiceover uh, and uh, to uh, voice messaging or uh, reading uh, texts in, uh, in, in voiceover rather than uh, reading it visually. And uh, trust me, it's, it's much more, in fact, it's much more efficient than than uh, a lot of uh, sighted people do it. Yeah, and you're talking again, about you use uh, voiceover on an iPhone and you use yes. uh, you use uh, NVIDIA or JAWS on your laptop or computer. Yes, okay. yes. And uh, like again, uh, uh, the, that's uh, the psychiatrist friend of 
mine had told me that in fact in nimhans he is the person who is made to in fact he is given the maximum work to write the notes or take the uh, uh, take down notes during rounds and all that because his speed is the maximum right. compared to even sighted people even sighted doctors his speed is so fast his typing speed is like 90 words per minute and things wow. like that so yeah. yeah yeah so in fact i feel that sometimes uh, these skills actually make you more efficient it's just that uh, we feel that these are the skills which are which are meant only for the visually disabled and and so, when when patients meet you face to face uh, meaning do you see any kind of uh, uh, strange responses i so uh, uh, again i find that in fact it's uh, so a, a couple of patients ask me that uh, so when i'm walking slowly uh, a couple of patients are, do ask me that have you hurt yourself in the leg or something <laughs> right then i tell them no actually i have low vision and i think yeah i mean and in fact a lot of um, patients with mental illnesses like anxiety and depression when i uh, if if appropriate and if in the context if i give them my example and of of the choices that i made and the transition that i made i think a lot of people actually find it very comforting and so yeah it's like inspiring. an asset it's an asset yeah. that you have yeah 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 so i think especially a lot of people find it uh, like an if like acting from a position of therapist yes. people find it as an asset or a real life qualification rather than just a degree or anything so That's i right. i actually find it an, as an asset now <laughs> so so you have a degree and you also have a life experience to share absolutely yeah and and then it looks more genuine in fact like yeah. because you have gone through it yourself and you say that you know i went through anxiety depression myself and this is how i i came out of it people find it more genuine compared to somebody just reading out of the textbook or uh, prescribing medicines so uh, so so one more question like like uh, you know you you live uh, in an in, in in an environment or i'm talking about your family environment where uh, people are kind of um, overprotective uh, people uh, are are kind of all the time waiting to do something for you and then yes. uh, you know and and keeping you out of activities which they think that would be harmful to you yes so how do you keep your spirits up do you have any uh, social support network or something that you tap into on a regular basis absolutely so uh, again uh, you and uh, dr sharad they put me in touch with uh, a couple of uh, visually impaired uh, people in hyderabad right and uh, and they are all people who are professionally and personally very successful people right so they are also people i look up to so right uh, and uh, over a period of time we we formed a circle we meet each other at least before covid we used to meet regularly also right so uh, we call up each other and it's it's really uh, it's it's a very it's a group that stands up for me i feel so uh, whenever i have uh, any issues uh, i i just bounce it off them and i know that they will understand 
or right. they have overcome that themselves so whatever comes from them is like completely uh they understand and they are completely empathetic so yes. like i told you like my family was not really in favor of me making the transition to psychiatry and just telling them that uh Uh, like dr sharad is there and he is he is one of the successful people in in nimhans and that was enough for them to, to get convinced i think a lot of sighted people or the family and friends of uh, of somebody who is going through disease actually don't know right. like they don't know they they don't know how to how to react how to handhold how to support the i think it's just just comes naturally to them to be you know to be overprotective and say ki better not do right i mean why put yourself through those through that trouble of of going out and and doing something right so and i think most of my friends like at least in hyderabad the circle that i was talking about they also went through similar things when uh, their blindness started off Right. I think it's very natural for some some of the families to be to be overprotective. What so, does your son? What does your son? Uh, he's six now, so uh, he must be having interesting interesting <laughs> responses from him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I remember maybe a year back, uh, or maybe even earlier than that. Maybe he was four, and then he was like, "Mama, आपको क्यों नहीं दिखता है?" हाउस एंड uh i hit myself by the corner of the table yeah. so like i kind of uh, and it it really hurt and he was just sitting there and watching and then after that when i moved out he 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 was just hitting the corner like the table <laughs> <laughs> he was like you hit punishing punishing the corner <laughs> punishing the table corner <laughs> so yeah there are times but there are times when he again assumes अरे मम्मा आपको नहीं दिखेगा आप रहने दो बट देन या ही हेल्प्स मी विद गार्डनिंग लाइक जस्ट टुडे मॉर्निंग ही वाज लाइक मम्मा यहाँ पे ये सब ये लीव्स मतलब ये पूरे सूख गए हैं सो ही पॉइंट आउट कि इसमें रोज आ गया है आप देख लो यहाँ पे वाइट रोज आया है यहाँ रेड रोज आया है यहाँ पे ये प्रॉब्लम्स है तो आप कट कर दो ये लीव्स सो ही ही गाइड्स मी लाइक ही नोज की हियर शी विल रिक्वायर सम प्रॉम्प्ट्स एंड हेल्प एंड हियर इट इज बेटर टू टेल हर कि ओके लेट इट बी सो नो चिल्ड्रन आर ब्यूटीफुल एक्चुअली दे ऑर्गेनिकली रिस्पोंड टू यू यू नो यस सो दैट्स दैट्स ब्यूटीफुल यस एंड सो so uh, you know outside your professional and your family life uh, what are your passions what are the things that make you happy what are the things that you were doing before you continue to do and there must be things that you were doing before yes. but you are not able to now uh, yes could you share some of them yeah so uh, i think i always uh, loved reading books and 
again there was a transition period where maybe because of my uh, my low phase in life the depression i kind of kind of was not reading at all yeah. uh, so uh, from from being a complete bibliophile to somehow i would not pick up or if i would pick up i would not finish a book and from there till and to today i actually run book clubs so i uh, in my own society uh i kind of other enthusiastic book readers i have formed a group and kind of initiate those discussions and uh we have a very lively group uh, around around books right so uh i think the switch again to audio books really helped right and i i love audio books actually i and i think again we think matlab earlier maybe i used to think of it as a disadvantage but it's actually an advantage because when you're uh, listening to audio books you can just keep on doing whatever like household chores you're doing and you can still finish a book whereas when you're reading a physical copy you need to assign that time to that to right. reading right yeah so i think i quite enjoy uh, the audio books because of the style of of dialogue delivery or the the music which is incorporated into it so i'm completely enjoying audio books nowadays uh so you and, read books from audible is it uh yes i read books from audible yes okay. and uh i, I remember uh, you had suggested story tell and yeah. again a couple of other friends have suggested story tell i'm i'm going to try it for sure and also there are a lot of audio books on youtube so i i kind of try and find stuff on youtube as well so yeah who are some of the authors you love reading yes i i find quite a few of them at least the famous ones on youtube for free right so yeah who 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 are some of the authors you enjoy reading uh so there is this whole range of uh, uh from fiction uh like harry potter series because i kind of you know in in my formative years i i had harry potter with me uh to uh, to non fiction um uh, uh, malcolm gladwell in in non fiction yeah. uh um outliers blink yeah uh, to uh, yeah the latest author i i really enjoyed was you will know harari so sapiens sapiens yeah that's a nice uh, 21 lessons from 21st century and like amazing author amazing so right. yeah so uh, entire range of fiction to non fiction plus in our book club every month we decide a book uh, right. from different genres yeah so uh, uh there was this book called a man called o yeah uh, it, it's it's a very heartwarming very nice book so these are the recent books that i read <clears throat> who's the author of this book a uh, man called o uh i uh, he's a swedish author i i kind of don't remember the name uh but it's a it's a swedish author and the story is based out of sweden and it's about this lonely man who has just lost his wife right of uh, of more than 50 uh, i think more than uh, some 30 years or something yeah and uh, and and it's about his loneliness and still how he finds happiness and a sense of community amongst the people amongst his na- neighbors and then he actually starts being productive in his community and and starts giving back to life and i think maybe i re- it resonated with me also because 
it was very similar to me i had lost the sense of purpose and let, lost the sense of kind of belonging to to my own family and everything and over a period of time i think uh, things changed and i today i do feel a sense of purpose i do feel that i can stand up for myself like if my family does not understand or like i said they are being overprotective i can stand up for myself and i can be assertive in situations and instead of being uh, gloomy or sad or hurt about it i think i kind of make myself heard <laughs> so excellent yeah yeah so 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 in conclusion i wanted to ask you uh, how do you see your future uh, say in the next 5 to 10 years uh, what are your plans what are your dreams if any yeah so i would really um, i feel a lot of mental health and also a lot of chronic diseases it it's about uh, this feeling of shame and stigma a, a feeling of weakness and people don't come out and talk about it in open and they don't seek help and for in my case help just happened like you came across and then one step led to another and it happened but i never reached out to anybody to seek help so in spite of support groups in spite of professionals existing people just don't reach out yeah. and it would be really my dream if if i could kind of uh, advocate or create systems or create a, a an organization which could help in doing that uh uh in the area of mental health especially uh and in area of uh, people suffering with chronic diseases so uh i think that would be my dream also on a personal front my dream would be to be to be able to do everything that i used to do as a sighted person if it is like if if it is going out in parties and still feeling comfortable among sighted people or going to going to travel and being confident that you will be able to navigate the world alone if if not if there is nobody along with you so these are still issues which subconsciously i feel at some level i am still a little scared about i think if that part can also completely go out of me that would be that would be really like uh a uh, uh, completely being feeling complete and feeling whole again so yeah. i think these are the two dreams that i have at a professional and personal front <laughs> megna wonderful speaking with you it's it's it is uh, your life uh, story is um, very okay. heartwarming inspiring and uh, it's a uh, work in progress which is yes. which is a very Absolutely. positive thing because the moment you Absolutely. think the work is done that's when you stop Uh, growing yes so uh, it's fantastic and uh, it was lovely talking to you wish you all the best and thank uh, you so much george thank you as i said thank you not only for for having me here but thank you for everything that that you did for for me to make it possible for me to to make the transitions and make the right choices in my life excellent thank, thank you well it uh, uh, it's a pleasure <laughs> having you on the show and uh, incidentally you are my first guest on iwe uh, conversations oh so, so <laughs> i um, didn't know yeah so okay. thank you so much and thanks take george take care thank you so much bye iwe ye hai roshni ka karwa